Malu, favorite breakfast food, go. Waffles. That's a pretty good one. All right, we'll deal with it. Johnny's would agree. <laughs> Johnny would be fine with that. I graduated with an engineering degree. I fooled them all. <laughs> because she's a real phony. Because she honestly believes all this phony junk that she believes. I mean it. Yeah, no, we're like friends, I guess. I don't know. Friends? I guess we're collaborators. To you. <laughs> it's to you. To you. <laughs> it's it's time to begin. Ooh, Molly just did like a little dance. It's the beginning she said, of the it's song. It's time to begin and then did a little like arm wave above yeah, her head. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm in a very dancey mood after seeing the dance scene in Breakfast Club. Cue the 80s montage, baby. And cue the start of class. Hello, class. <laughs> Thank you for enjoying my beautiful transition slash segue. Heck yeah. Gabe, okay, make sure you add some uh, 80s montage music into this intro. Are oh, you yeah. ready? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome to AP Film. Taught by film school professionals. I'm Katie Kamets. I'm a filmmaker at Heart Engineer by Day. And I am Madhumi Danis, your other professor who loves film, but will most definitely not be attending film school. <laughs> wow, almost definitely not. <laughs> oh no, I said most definitely. There wasn't an almost there. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I thought you like really went like just full honesty, like the full honest circle over here. And I was like, since <laughs> when? <laughs> In this podcast? Never. In exactly. this economy? Film school? Film school in this film economy? You can make your own. Why? In this, in this economy? In this Are you climate? crazy? In this I pandemic? Totally agree. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. Welcome welcome to our podcast. Welcome to our class. Hello, class. And now welcome. you got me in that. Oh, what? What? What were you going to say? <laughs> what? I was going to say, welcome, class, to our brand new syllabus, our second syllabus for the uh, syllabi, because this is oh, yes. many syllabuses yes, now. <laughs> syllabi, the syllabus. Yeah. Round two on the syllabus. We are doing. Do teenagers really talk like that? That's right. That's the name of the class. You better all enjoy that and be very happy that we have a quote unquote funny name. Quote unquote. Quote unquote is the keyword funny. there. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. thought it was a great. I, I don't remember. I'm trying to remember coming up with this, but it was really just a. I don't know. I think I re thought about Clueless and I was like. Oh my god, do you think, or, you know, do teenagers actually, have they ever talked like that no, you in know what any it was? of these movies? You know what it was? So naturally, we had to talk about it. Of course. You know what movie um, it was that prompted this topic? What? It was a wonderful, wonderful film called Angus Thongs in <gasps> Perfect Snogging. Oh my god, you're right. You're so Gorgeous right. film. A oh, yeah, I haven't me. seen a movie in a very long time. It's great. But, right. Katie, what are we oh. going to be covering in this wonderful That's little true. new syllabus topic that's right um what this topic is it's movies that truthfully speak as teens so it's films that are not only story driven as honest teen experiences but also have dialogue that clearly explain uh teen oriented uh true to themselves feel and doesn't sound like it's really written by a you know a 34 year old who's actually writing it and then they're just trying to be 16 again because we all know how crappy that sounds and it's lame and there are plenty of movies out there who really speak on the true experience of being a teenager. Plenty um, of TV so, shows that 
do the opposite. Cough, cough, Riverdale, I am looking straight at you. <laughs> you, you, you made eye contact. <laughs> I made direct, intense eye contact with Riverdale. Nothing against the people on it. It's just, let's be honest, that's not how teenagers talk. No, no. And frankly, I haven't seen it, but I've I've seen enough fake <laughs> I know enough. Teenage. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> love the dramatic um, pause. Love the dramatic pause. A dramatic pause cue? <laughs> this is the Breakfast Club episode, everybody. Yeah, you it's the first film it. we're going with because John you... Hughes owned teenage experiences in the 80s. Oh my god, right, <laughs> He had right, the copyright though? for them. Oh, tell me about it. So yeah, today we'll be talking about the Breakfast Club. We'll be going through the information for it. We're going to be answering a few questions about it, like, you know... How does the film represent real teen stories, etc., etc.? Listen more to find out. And then, and then we're going to hit up a game. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Very excited. Malu always makes me lose, so expect nothing less of today. Oh, yeah. And uh, then we're going to be hitting up the culture corner. Woo-hoo. I miss the culture corner. We yeah, didn't we have do. in the last episode. We're not doing culture it's... corner for seminars, but we're never going to yeah. stop doing them for the normal episodes. So. No. No. Let's enjoy that feels, today. It feels lame. It's part of class. But that's a little before, bit before before we go into all that, um, Malu, I have an icebreaker question for Oof, you. Hit me because we were doing the Breakfast Club, and all I can think about with the Breakfast Club there are two things: one, the Victorious episode, of course, and two, the fist pump in the air at the end with the song. Yes. Like this, the story just revolves around the song, and so does Victorious because it's about a music school. So I had to ask, um, what excuse me, has been school? your go-to karaoke singing in the car song recently? Ooh, recently, frick. Yeah. Let me let me pull up my. I'm gonna do this in real time. I'm gonna pull up my Spotify because <laughs> that's gonna tell me the real, the real answer here, not me. Honestly, uh, that's fair. When you did it, I did it too. <laughs> <laughs> We're both currently checking our Spotify. Let's see. Let's see what it says. Actually, I'm going to go to the made for you because Spotify is the best. And I'm going to look at the repeat. Let's see what we got on the repeat. Oh, I have no idea how to do that. That's oh, cool. Oh, shit. I've been listening to uh, Taylor Swift a lot lately because she came nice. up with a new album, Folklore. Uh, Invisible String is my jam. I okay. love it. And then there's like two more that I think I've really been like, like not Taylor Swift related, just like overall listening to lately. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, if you actually, you know what? My overall, like not even this week, just like overall, always a good one to like sing in the shower and in the car. Yeah. Songflower by Post Malone and um, Swaley from the Spider Verse, like Spider Man into the Spider Verse soundtrack. Oh shoot! Amazing I'm, song. I'm, I've seen the movie, but I don't think I've heard of heard that song. Yeah, you have. Like it's... aside from the movie, like I can't like just think about it. But I see you dancing right now, and I'm kind of really getting on the vibe. <laughs> kind of like that it's it's it, honestly it's one of my favorite movies as far as like music integration of like just really putting in songs into the movie and making it feel like you're listening to miles soundtrack like just Aww. his daily spotify soundtrack yeah and sunflower to me like i remember listening to it for the first time in the theaters and just being like oh i fuck with this you're like this <laughs> fucking bops literally i what love about, those what about you kitty cat what's what have you been I jamming mean- to lately um, I made a playlist back in quarantine called Springtime in Quarantine, 
And I kind of like binged it mm-hmm. while we were in quarantine. And then I, because I binged it, I'm like, I'm pretty tired of this. Sure. So I, I, I kind of moved on, but I've been getting back into it this whole week. And I'm trying to think of like my most like play song I always go back to. I always wake up with songs in my head. Sure. But I would have to say the one that comes on that I like rank up. Wait, that's not the right verb. Crazy for what? Crank up. Yeah, crank up. That's <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Ooh. Oh god. Can Wait, we get a little boost cut that out? No, do not horrible. cut that out. Please don't. Yeah, absolutely I need cut to... that out. The one I crank up is the song called Ode to uh, Artifice. Ode to Artifice by Samia. Oh, I love that song. <gasps> you know that song? It's Hell so yeah. good. I'm more of a it, um, Someone Tell the Boys fan, as far as Samia goes, but... Wait, I have not heard that. Oh, I'm going to add it to the song. Oh my god, wait. Wow, what are the odds that... You know that song. That makes me feel so awesome. I'm so glad. <laughs> I love when people just are like, I know that. Kind of like, um. well, actually, I think Beach Bunny is pretty big. But I feel like I, I recently Beach mentioned Beach Bunny to someone because I was like on a kick of them for a while, too. Sure. And they were like, oh, yeah, I know them. And I was like, mm, are they so good? <laughs> but yeah, Wait, have I feel you, that. Have you heard of this artist called Sammy Ray? Sammy Ray is my favorite artist. I was supposed to go to her concert lo- this fall. What? I love her. I found her like I think a year ago because I found Talk yes. It Up in like a Spotify radio thing I had. I think uh-huh. it was like a Rex Orange County radio and I was like Literally me. That's how I found her, I'm pretty sure. This is great. Yeah. She's fantastic. She's the best. Everybody listens to her. She's oh my god. Ta- um Talk It Okay, I'm not gonna name all the songs, but the feeling is probably mm-hmm. my favorite song of hers. It's the feeling really and talk it up. Yeah. I love all of her songs. Like every every now and then I'll just like go into a deep just loop of the Sammy oh, Ray yes. songs. Yes, if I'm listening to Sammy Ray, I'm only listening to Sammy Ray. <laughs> now you know class, um, go listen to Sammy Ray for some good vibes. Heck yeah. <laughs> heck yeah. There's also um I can't think about it, but on at I, I on at work I don't have access to Spotify and I only use YouTube, so I like you on like Sammy Ray like mix or something like that mm-hmm. and what's his face always comes on but also do you know the song San Francisco Street I forget who it's by but it's it so good too it really it's same like chill vibe but like very catchy very nice yes throw it out. okay anyway that was a, that was good that was that was a that was a good little icebreaker, that was nice icebreaker. and now that we have some wow. summer accommodations for you guys why don't we move over to film. Yeah. With really cool songs because the film does have a good two dance scenes that are pretty fucking iconic, I would say. 80s. I want to live in an 80s montage sometimes. Don't we all? Anytime I have to do like actual work around my apartment, like cleaning mm-hmm. or laundry or something, I oh, just yeah. want to like, so I'm already putting music on. I'm like, let me just like cut to the important parts of this task. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then just show music. me devastated in the bed, like, ooh. Just You're like, oh, sigh. I'm done. <laughs> Okay, class, um, uh, a little introduction on this film, in case you don't yeah, know. The Breakfast Club is a 1985 coming-of-age film. A coming-of-age, you know, usually usually teenagers, but it can honestly be any age, as long as you're, you know, coming to your age, realizing that you're this age, <laughs> and coming to yeah. terms with the fact that you're <laughs> of this age. Um, and it was filmed, it was uh, written, directed, and produced by John Hughes. He was, as I, we mentioned, the king of teenage 80s flicks. Back in the day. He really uh, was. Yeah. The film starts Anthony Michael Hall as Brian, the brain, a 
Emilio Estevez as Andy, the jock, Ali Sheedy as Alice, the basket case, Molly Ringgold as Claire, the princess, and Judd Nelson as Bender, the criminal. And, you know, the film is about all these kids who are in detention on a Saturday. Boo. Boo. And even though they're all so... I could not know. And even even though they're all so different, somehow they find a way to come together due to their, you know, similarities as teenagers. But what, what should I tell you this for? If we can just have Gabe play the trailer. It is now 7.06. You have exactly eight hours and 54 minutes to ponder the error of your ways. Any questions? Yeah. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? A brain, a beauty, a jock, a rebel, and a recluse. Can't believe this is really happening to me. Before this day is over, they'll break the rules. <coughs> Chicks cannot hold a smoke. That's what it is. Bear their souls. I'm a nymphomaniac. Are your parents aware of this? Take some chances. Being bad feels pretty good. Huh? And touch each other in a way they never dreamed possible. Why'd you do that? Because I knew you wouldn't. The Breakfast Club. They only met once. I don't want to be alone anymore. You don't have to be. But it changed their lives forever. I mean, I consider you guys my friends. I'm not wrong, am I? Universal Pictures presents Emilio Estevez, Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy in a John Hughes film. Why are you being so nice to me? Because you're letting me. The Breakfast Club. Thank you. I felt it. I felt it going. I was like, oh. are happening with it. It's the only way I'll get through it. I'll be like, oh, dancing. Yeah. Your own montage is right here. I get. I give my. I make myself a montage. That's it. And we're back around the trailer. That was smooth. Thank you. The trailer. Can I say I'm a filmmaker by heart, but honestly, a musician by talent. Okay, yeah. You want to go with that? No. You want to keep that? Note the questioning at that? the end of that. Talent? <laughs> that was... <laughs> like, I'm not sure. At least fake the confidence, Mallard. My God. <laughs> yeah, no, but see, today I feel like really giving off that vibe of like, I'm not sure if I'm confident or not, but I'm just going with it. <laughs> I'm really feeling that insecure vibe today. I'm just want, I just want everyone to know. I want, to, <laughs> I want to put that out on the table. There's nothing wrong to know. So today I relate to Brian from The Breakfast Club. Today my, my, my relatability mode is with Brian. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I'm always right. You know the gif of him with the sunglasses, like doing the like shoulder? shrug dance part that's me all the time that's how i feel at work if i get like a singular thing right i like it when he hits himself in the head and he falls backwards oh yeah he goes that's good too (laughs) oh can we just like real quick before we get into it talk about like you know the montage when they're all dancing most specifically the shot where it's the three of them the three dudes oh yeah with the the, like with the hands yeah I that's that's never sat well with me. I just I don't like it. Really, and I get it. I love I just, it. I, I see the iconicness of it, but there's just something about it that really is like, <laughs> why are you so close together, doing that? Like, what what is that dance? Who's and why are you now? like touching each other? Are you against them touching each other? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Katie, you can. <laughs> I'm just hold their friendship and love for each other. They're discovering who they are. 
Okay. And at that yeah. time, that is who they are. It's that weird dance with the hands with the... and the elbows. Yeah, sure. We'll go with it, Malu. We'll go with it. You know that originally that scene was just supposed to be Molly Ringwald? Molly or, Ringwald you know, dancing? Claire. Yes, I and did. And she got really nervous about it, so everybody was like, heck, we'll dance. Yeah, yes, I did know that, actually. I just, I when I was listening to the podcast today about this episode. They talked about um, it? Yes, they, they, they were talking about that. Also, how... Um, I didn't really realize John Hughes, like, not only is the king of, like, all teen movies, but he also wrote, like, Home Alone. Like, he never wrote a bad movie. Wait, what? Okay, Home Alone <laughs> is, like, kind of bad, but it's also iconic. <gasps> How dare you? There's nothing wrong with Home Alone. Now, have, you, have you rewatched Home Alone? The, I've rewatched Home Alone Lost in New York a lot more than I've rewatched the original Home Alone. No, no, no. Okay, that's yikes, too. But I recently, <laughs> like, saw pieces of it, and I was like, I think it was also, I saw the New York one as well. And I was like, why does this, this is not as good as I remember it. I don't understand. It's all pretty whack. Like, when you think about it, it's really whack. But aside from that, so is The Parent Trap. And yeah, that's a flawless film. But that, totally aside, John Hughes, he, like, never made a bad movie. He literally just wrote all of and directed all of these amazing <laughs> films. And then it was like, I hate Hollywood. And, I mean, he hated Hollywood the whole time. But literally, he did what he wanted to do did it and then he was like no, all right i'm peace. done that's it he's like he just peace what and a guy i love that john hughes is my goal <laughs> oh hey and now that we're, we're done you know praising john hughes for what he should be praised he did an amazing job in you know just doing the shit yes, give me back films. on track get me back on let's track get, let's get the class back on track and talk about you know, talk about do teenagers really talk like that in the context of the Breakfast Club? Keep in mind, yeah. we're doing this in 2020. This was in 1985. Of course, the sling and slang that the kids use has changed quite a bit. But it still, has. the spirit of, you know, teenagery is there, you know, regardless teenagery. of the year it is. Yeah, I said it. Teenagery. I said it. I'm not taking it back. You can repeat it. Teenagery. Oh, okay. Thank you. I like that, too. <laughs> You're welcome. It's just a big word, really. Nice. So, <laughs> Katie. You're welcome. <laughs> how do you feel the film represents, you know, do you feel like it properly represents real teen stories? To an extent. That's a, that's um, a very diplomatic answer. I know. It, it, because, okay, here's the difference because the age, the aging of this film does, I think at the time, more justice than it did over time in general so you mean like it didn't age yeah, well it it aged well to the extent of like what the, what what the story's bottom line is with teens is one they don't get along well with their parents their parents don't understand them blah 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 well first of all what i've noticed what i've realized growing up parents do understand they're not like too old and too like drowned in their own world too much like it's not like they forgot what being a teen is like completely and i think most teen movies especially this one makes it really seem that way oh yeah for but sure. i think I, I guess i just didn't like like there wasn't enough adult perspective in it to balance out their teen angst this movie is just the 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 top notch teen angst movie they're all so angry because <laughs> their parents don't understand them nobody understands them including each other and that's what this whole thing is about is about them like you take these what is it five six uh five. stereotypes yeah and then you add he added just depth to them he added a backstory to the stereotypes yeah, like which is great and that's what's needed and that's why like at the time when this came out for me i could see this being so revolutionary yeah 
But when you look at how high school is now, I don't think, not that I'm there anymore, but I don't <laughs> remember kids really putting each other in as tight knit of a box as they're represented, um, or as, as it was back then, you know, even according to those who, like, you know, anyone in the 80s could tell you, too. Sure. Overall, like, does it represent real teen stories? Yes. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I just think that there there's a lack of balance. Sure, 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 sure. What do you think? Here's the thing with the, especially, like, going for the, like, the whole, like, a lack of balance because I did notice that like one of my notes when watching the film and just thinking of if you've seen New Girl I think you I think you told me of you course have. my favorite um, show yeah there's an episode where they're talking about Ferris Bueller stays off and Jessica Day the main character in New Girl she's a teacher and she talks about how when she's watching the film she feels for um I'm forgetting his name Rooney the principal because mm-hmm. she too is an educator and she feels for this adult who is being just, you know, bamboozled by a child. Freaking bamboozled. And watching The Breakfast Club this time around, I started thinking a little bit, especially with Bender and Vernon, the the principal, talking to each other. Kind of like how that relationship, you know, sometimes you could see that Vernon was kind of angry at the fact that he had to deal with these kids and how they made his life a living hell. But mm-hmm. the thing is, the like the two main adults in this film, which are Vernon and uh, Carl, the janitor, they're polar opposites because Vernon is actually a very aggressive man. Like there's no, re- like for me, there's never been a real redemption for him. Like sometimes I feel for no, him-ish. There hasn't. But like when he threatens to like hit Bender right away, I was like, oh, that's an adult with a power issue and yes. who's been put in a position yes. of power and just doesn't know how to handle it properly because he's an educator, but instead of that, he's just intimidating kids. And Carl, on the other hand, like, he's a good adult. He's like, dude, stop complaining. They're fucking kids. You, like, you yeah. know, they didn't change. They didn't turn on you. You changed. You grew up. You're an old man now, and you resent them because they're young and you're not. And they have, you know, all this life ahead of them, and you don't. And, like, to me, that's the bit of adult representation. But other than that, I feel like the film was never... Like, the film tells you from the get-go, hey, this is a film about teenagers, for teenagers, and for that, you know, small part of you that is still a teenager, that still remembers what it was like to be a teenager, this is a film so that when you watch it, you can see it and kind of laugh at the little things that you used to do as a teenager, but also recognize that the teenagers that you interact with are also going through that and you kind of need to, like, you know, try and level with them because, you know, the movie starts... Not just with Brian, not just with the David Bowie quote about like, you know, this children you spit on, you know, you're, you know, you're misunderstanding these kids. It also starts with every single kid in the movie being either chewed out or neglected by their parents. So right away, the movie never goes away from telling you this is a movie about how these kids are being treated by the adults in their life and how it's affecting them in their like day to day life. And you're just going to have to like level with the fact that that's the plot of the film like that's the premise Mm -hmm. of the movie is either these parents don't care about the kid which is the Mm -hmm. case with bender and alice or these parents are putting a lot of weird pressure on their kids which is the case with um andy and brian or you know these parents are just spoiling their kid to a point where it's like dangerous for the kid which is you know claire you know conceited Mm -hmm. claire um (laughs) you're so conceited (laughs) which i never know but i'd never noticed that in the film that it starts off right away with very heavy messages of who this film is for and what this film is trying to do, which Mm -hmm. is speak out about what teenagers are feeling at the time. Like, you know, you have to either relate to those characters and feel empathy for them, or you're not going to be able to enjoy the film properly because you're going to constantly be feeling like 
why are these kids being so, you know, horrible to this principal? And otherwise, like, you don't get to really enjoy the film because you don't put yourself in the shoes of these characters. And that's exactly yeah. what, like, I feel John Hughes wants you to do as soon as the film starts. No, yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's a really good point. That's, that's a good way to put it. Because, I, I mean, the whole time I was, while you were thinking, like, while you were thinking, hello, <laughs> while you were talking, I was, I was thinking personally. Very nice. You know, you kept mentioning how, like, oh, remembering what it's like to be a teenager, this is teenager, and I'm thinking, like, well, what exactly defines being a teenager? And uh, according to John Hughes, that is just having adults not understand you and so and, and treat you differently because of it. Mm-hmm. So, and, like, that's something that everybody relates to, and that's the whole point of, like, being a teenager, which, you know, feeling how close independence is and, like, sh- like sprinting towards it while, like, you know, you find your shoes are tied together by your pants <laughs> kind of thing, you know? I like that. Thank you, thank you. So, <laughs> I think John Hughes did that very well. Mm-hmm. I think this movie captures that whole idea very well. Yeah, like so, some aspects of it won't age well, but it'll always be relatable at its core, I think. Yes, absolutely. Check freaking me. Hell yeah. Mm. So, going off of that, how do you think the film's dialogue represents teens as a whole? Well, I think the dialogue's really interesting, especially because of what I said at the beginning, which is, you know, it's kind of hard judging it because we weren't alive in the 80s. As you've noticed, yeah. Katie and I are babies. <laughs> we are children. <laughs> We're the street youths. Uh, yes. And we don't know what it was like in the 80s. We can only base, you know, what was it like in the 80s by, like, our parents and other 80s no. movies we watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've always felt like this is one that really captures it as well as it can, I think. Like, you know, just like little things here and there. Just like when Bender gets really upset and he goes, eat my shorts. <laughs> like eat that, my shorts. That to me was so like quintessentially just like a teenager. Like Bender to me, like I know that some parts of him are very like, you know, angsty and exaggerated because it's for a film. Mm-hmm. But Bender to me is one of those characters that like I've met that guy. You know, I've met that guy who's <laughs> like, yes. he's a little too obnoxious because he thinks he's hot shit. He doesn't care too mm-hmm. much about other people. I've never met one with this many like home problems as my homeboy bender because he had some deep seated yeah, anger he's got issues some trauma going on yeah. you know he has, he's got some <laughs> trauma like if i've met someone like that i never knew that they had that sort of trauma mm-hmm. but bender bender's very vocal about like hey mm-hmm. i have trauma and because i have trauma your trauma doesn't matter yes right which is you know i feel like that's one of those things that like as a teenager you do that like when you're feeling pain you think oh my god but other people have it so much worse than i do or when someone yeah. else has pain and you're like, but I have so much worse pain. Like, you know, it's a very yeah, yeah, immature yeah. thinking. And that's the thing. I feel the script is so immature and cliche at times that looking on it now, you feel a little cringy. But like, I remember watching this movie when I was 15 and just thinking like, oh, my God, somebody gets me. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I think like to me, like that's kind of I think he did that on purpose is because mm. it's exactly how you just said it. Like every like. As a teenager, you really do think because the world revolves around you. Because yeah, you're you don't the main know character. The world. <laughs> yeah, you're the main character. You're it, and so you know whatever you feel, it's like you feel like, oh God, nobody else gets has to feel this. Blah blah. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. you know everyone has their own pain and story, but like the entire dialogue, not as like word for word line, I mean, but the the dialogue of the film is all about how 
they, you know, they're pointing each other's, you know, finger at each other, be like, no, my <laughs> pain's worse than yours and yours and yours, yeah. and you know, and and I think that because it is so cliche, like you said, I think that's the point of it because it's like no like like the whole movie is just them in a room together just saying all that just kind of bragging like yeah well my dad puts cigars out <laughs> on my arm you know and well, my dad pressured i have to win you know it's like, <laughs> like and then claire's and no just one, like they use me yeah to and get and none back of at them each other can understand none of them can empathize with one another either they can sympathize with each other but none of them can empathize and so exactly i think that's also i kind of enjoyed that that point of it and i think that did age really well yeah like you said that, that part will always speak clear um but also i i because you brought up bender because he is such like he's honestly to me the protagonist uh, in every, a way every, every viewing every time i watch this movie i changed my mind on who the protagonist is like this time yeah. around for me it was brian for some reason because i he, heard his voice and ends with him yeah but like i know that that's not reasonable like i know that they're like just because he's the narrator by no means doesn't mean that he has to be the protagonist it usually yeah. does go like that but like you know there has been known like sometimes storytelling can kind of just Mixed play up. with you and be like yeah. oh i'm the protagonist but i am not the main character of this story <laughs> but this time watching it i maybe it's because i relate to him to a certain level but i really felt him as the protagonist because i feel like he's the one that ties them all together but then yes. bender also has very protagonist traits especially you know his his iconic fist bump at the end of the movie like he closes the movie and mm. he kind of i feel like he ties like i don't feel i don't think those characters would have talked to each other had it not been for bender being such mm -hmm. an ass at the, the beginning of the day like yeah as much as i don't like a few of the things he says because i feel like he is like he, he's just like a high school dick mm -hmm. i do think that had he not been in the tent on that saturday these kids would have never talked to each other like there's no way brian would have started a conversation let yeah. alone no, claire or andy he was the icebreaker yeah he's he, a, he is the icebreaker well, More like he's in the iceberg. He's just huge fucking mound that everybody crashed into. <laughs> I wanted to bring up a contrast of modern day Bender mm. to Bender himself. You know, not I guess like specifically, we you know we could talk more about character in the character section of this, but di just strictly dialogue wise, you <laughs> mm -hmm. know how he's yeah. like so he's so mouthy. Like so I feel mouthy. like modern day Bender is like hipster punk <laughs> now. And so, and they're very, like, they're very not outspoken whatsoever. Like, they have their own very strong opinions. And I just mean, like, they'll, like, look at something and be like, whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, like, whatever. they're more <laughs> passive than he is. And I think that's a really, like, interesting... All I was thinking about when I was watching it this time around was, like, wow, I feel like I I know his type in, in today's <laughs> world. And it's so, like, he's just such a, a mouthy, exaggerated version of today's. To me, I don't know. Do you agree? To me, Bender, today, like, when I was thinking about it, I'm thinking, like, there's a few lines he said that right away I just thought of some people in high school or just, like, shit I overheard in high school. I didn't think yeah. of anything, anyone specifically, but I could see it. I, I had these memories of people just, like, you know, taunting teachers. <laughs> and just me being, like, do we have to do this? Do we... Or, like, laughing slightly and then being like, I shouldn't laugh at this. Mm -hmm. So, to me, like, Bender today is more of, like, that one kid who, you know, he's a class clown. So, he's, like, you know, people can kind of get along with him. But at the same time, sometimes he crosses the line and everybody just kind of goes, dude, 
that was not necessary. <laughs> Nobody wanted to hear that. You know, he, he like, he's funny, but he asks a few questions that are over the line and you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I see that. That, I get that, that to me is Bender right now. Not really a class clown, but definitely like, you know, that one kid that will, that will distract the teacher for long enough right. that you like waste half an hour of class yeah. in that conversation. <laughs> yes. No, I see that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, smoke cigarettes in the parking lot still. Even I never saw anyone. Oh, wait, no, that's a lie. Never mind. I was about nah, to say a lie them. about high and school. They, they strictly do it just like they always did. And it's only to look cool. I've never seen anyone smoke in the parking lot of my school. Unless really? they did it in their car and I didn't see it. I've heard people doing it in the bathroom. That was... That was Ooh, the big, I'm the big thing. In the bathroom. That is very eighties. That's very. It is. That's Actually, very eighties. Smoking I feel in the like the bathrooms in my school were kind of eighties. That one is. Oh yeah, that's like nailing on the head. <laughs> oh wait, um, before I forget, dialogue in yes. this movie. Yes. Let's Besides, get back like, to that part. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I just I ha- I have to like get get it out because I totally forgot about this. I feel like there's Hit also me. like one-liners that just aged so well and have. Like, they just work so well. And I feel like the characters that really carry with their one-liners are Brian and Alice. Mm-hmm. Alice yeah. is such a quiet character that whenever she does speak, it's this whole event of her speaking. And just, you know, what's your poison? Vodka. Yo, <laughs> when do you oh, drink oh vodka? God. All the time. Yeah. A lot of it? <laughs> Tons. Like, I just... <laughs> it's, yeah. It's so cringy and great. I love that she's a pathological liar. The way she goes, I'm not an infomaniac. I'm a pathological liar. (laughs) It cracks me up every time. And I don't, like, we were talking about this before. I don't know how well that did when it came out. Like, I don't know if that was meant to be a funny joke. But Mm -hmm. I feel like Gen Z will definitely find that funny for many reasons. We'll just be like, what the fuck? (laughs) I think she has always been my favorite character. (laughs) I'm trying to remember from the first time I watched it, and I think from the first time I watched it, she is still and ha- always has been my favorite character. She has the best one-liners. Actually, I wanted to bring up how my, my favorite line, because I think in overall the film's dialogue representing teens, I don't think it's great. At the time, it was probably pretty great, but it's because it's so each character has to be so exaggerated in yeah. order to fit the stereotype and also dig as deep as they do with their backstory mm. and trauma and all that, um, that they're mixing up that typical, like, high school defensiveness. And so it, it's, like, kind of annoying at times on how, de- like, how defensive they are with each other, but it also makes sense, especially with their backstories. But my favorite line, and which is why she's also my favorite, favorite character, <laughs> is that because... She's never defensive because she's a pathological liar, but, like... (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't give two Um, shits. She does speak the truth, ironically, most of the time. Um, Mm. And my favorite line is uh, when she says, when you grow up, your heart dies. (laughs) And, like, John Hughes is just so, like... I don't know. He's so anti-adult, I (laughs) really think. Like, or, like, at least, like, stereotypical type adult it's a very peter so, panish person <laughs> yeah he's a very like a very coming of age guy and i think yeah. he's so close with his inner teen that like i don't know one person who hasn't thought of that when they're 15 16 years old i remember looking up watching, at adults yeah. and being like mm-hmm. you guys are literally like not heartless, heartless but like you got like what you don't know what dreams are anymore you don't yeah. care like it's all like that doesn't matter. The only thing that matters mm. is your income. 
<laughs> and you will be okay if, if that's it. Like, let go of your dreams. Do, re, you know, realistic things. And yeah. that's every, I don't know. That is the one part of the teen angst dialogue that I love so much. That's my favorite line. That's such a line that, like, a, I would have, like, put put up in a picture in my room and then just been like, oh, my God. I honestly would do that. I have blank walls all over my bedroom right now. Oh. I would totally get a poster that said that. I have pictures all over my room, and I have I have three of the Breakfast Club. Two of them are of Bender. One of them is of just like a cover of it. So the That's two Bender so ones. Awesome. Yeah, but the two Benders Bender ones. One of them is the world's an imperfect place. Mm-hmm. Of course, I was fifteen when I did this. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and the other one I think is Eat My Shorts. <laughs> I love. So good. So good. Oh, you know which one I love? Like a Bender what? line that I adore is when he's fighting with Brian and he goes, he's, uh, this is more like a visual one, but like, I hope everybody here saw the movie class. You must have, because otherwise, failure. Yeah, fail. But he, he, hold, he holds his hand like, like downwards with his finger, with his middle finger out, but he's holding yeah. it uh, like backwards and he goes, mm-hmm. can you hear this? You want me to turn it up? And then he flips it around and he's, yeah. you know, giving Brian, giving uh, <laughs> Andy the finger. God, is that a funny scene? Like, I remember seeing that and I was like, he is the coolest dude I've ever seen. Oh my God, did he just make a middle finger joke? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I was so like, that. Cool. And I'd never heard that one. So, like, to me, I knew of, like, the, you know, like the, the lever where you, like, the pull crank. up the finger, yeah, the crank. Yeah, I knew no, of, like, the actual just turn it up. Yeah. yeah. And I, just the, I also. Oh, the, the narrative around it. Do you want me to turn it up? Fuck. So good. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you hear it? Do you want me to turn it up? Oh. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. Yeah. I also forgot about that one completely, so that's a... Yeah, I saw that today, too, and I was like, damn, that's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know why that's not used more often in society. Bring it back. It's better, bring, bring, it's better than the Can others. you hear this? Do you want me to turn it up back? Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about the dialogue? Um, One thing. I have one more thing to say. Hit me. What do you have a fake ID for? So I can vote. <laughs> <laughs> if that isn't a that's line that applies so to the good. teens of today, I don't know what is. Go vote, people. Yeah. I'm gonna work on two year and go vote when go you vote. have to, when you can. When you can. <laughs> I mean, because not not everybody has elections this year. Heck, we don't have elections this year. That's Friendly bad. reminder: I'm from okay. a different country class. <laughs> International yeah, like, student oh, over news here. To me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's news to me. <laughs> news to me. Okay, so uh, how do most you think? Mostly the characters over. represent teens accurately or non-accurately. I think the big thing with this film is, as we've already said, is that because it is a film and it wasn't like a naturalist film, like, you know, it was a film that was meant to be, it's not meant to resemble life. It's meant to be a film, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. <laughs> Which actually, that came across to me way more during this viewing of it than any other time. <laughs> you notice how, how like fabricated it is? Yes, yeah. It's, like, it's based on it's real like, stuff, but it's definitely fabricated to be based on real stuff. Yeah, and I, I have fought with one of my roommates. She, dis- she like, outwardly despises this movie, and I can't get her to, like, exactly pinpoint on why. <laughs> and sure. so every time I, I watch it, I'm, which I lo- I've always loved it, and I'm like, <laughs> how, do you, how do you hate this movie? This is, like the movie this mm-hmm. is like the everyone has seen this movie because it's so like it's the movie. there's always a piece of it to connect so you can't like i'm assuming it's because it's so exaggerated like we say and it's, it's so and, saturated and specifically for the film and i'm like please like don't 
identify with the drum drama of it. Just like look a little bit at the that deeper level. Where it hits you. But here's the thing, like this movie goes hard in being like the same way that like Inside Out goes hard in being like this is a movie about emotions, but we're really making it like a film. Like we want you to see it from like we're really we want to send a message, but we are using every element possible in film to do it. Mm -hmm. That's just like that's a very similar thing to what I feel like John Hughes does with this movie, especially I noticed this time around for the first time with costumes because there's yeah. something about the colors of each character that's very important you know vendors is very angry teenager dude so of course he wears red this is primary color claire mm-hmm. is your typical queen bee so she wears pink <laughs> you know obviously mr athlete andy wears blue because that's just like a very in many contexts this very like jock noble color green my dude brian wearing green which is like a little more passive and a little more like you know I'm chill. I'm a nerd. And then obviously Alice is wearing black. Like, this is the first time that I ever saw this movie as a color-oriented movie. And it really made me, like, understand that a little more as far as, like, what they, like, what they were using to send out this message of who these kids were. Because this movie, yeah. like, I, what I feel like it wanted to do as far as teenagers went was give stereotypes and just the basic stereotypes that everybody could relate to and everybody knew about, because there's hundreds of stereotypes that you could concentrate on, but this is just like the blueprint of stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of go like oversaturate every possible aspect of that stereotype you could, and then break it down and be like, oh, but you didn't know that this dude that's very angry has a reason to be angry, and bet you didn't know the girl that, you know, wears all pink actually hates herself a little. Yeah. So it's like, I appreciate that from the point of view of creating quote-unquote realistic teens and being like you know so outwardly sending one message and inwardly having another to send so like i in this viewing i enjoyed that a little more because it made me appreciate how saturated this movie is as far as like you know we're angsty we're teenagers and we feel things like yeah (laughs) i am feelings like i appreciate it a lot more this time dad (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) no what about you dad dad fuck you (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Crazy. He really went for the Oscar. <laughs> Judd Nelson, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Yeah, apparently um, he was like a pain to work with. Oh, like that, yeah, that yeah, man I almost got cast that. off. You but nobody else could do it. So they were like, we gotta he's he's actually perfect for the Shit. part, but God is he yeah, annoying. He, pro- he probably annoyed all of them too with it. Oh, um, John Hughes I think John Hughes never worked with him again. Yo bet. He seems like that kind of guy. He Doesn't really does. He? <laughs> No offense to Judd Nelson, if he ever gets his hands on this, you you did a <laughs> great job, sir. <laughs> dirty in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, bet on it. I would like to say that I agree with everything that you just said. I also didn't... Ooh, the little hat's the off. Hat. I see that little motion. <laughs> it's the tip of the hat from Dr. Fasilia. <laughs> I also didn't recognize how deep the character descriptions really were when it came to the outfits of them Mm -hmm. the wardrobe they fit the stereotypes and the depth so well i i loved it that's what i mean that like the characters that he made i it's just i would like to say that it's one of the first movies that actually went into depth uh of a stereotype Mm -hmm. but that's total bullshit on my end i don't actually know the history uh (laughs) and who did what first (laughs) But to me, in my viewings, um, this definitely this definitely hit home with how well the characters were made for 
accurate representations within the context. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, within I, context. I agree. Because, like, in real life, I feel like, I don't know what it was like back then. Maybe people were more into cliques than we are right now. But I feel like we've come to a point where I feel like there was this point in, like, the 2000s, 2010s, when everybody was very obsessed with the idea that you could only be one thing. You know, mm-hmm. the whole, like, I'm not like other girls trope. And, you know, like, we're this certain type of girl or we're certain this type of boy. Like, But frankly, that didn't come, at least for me, until, like, well into well into high school. Like, yeah, I would say I was leaving. Before then, it was pretty much, like, you had the popular kids. You had your kind of nerdy kids. And then everyone was kind of a little weird pool <laughs> of, like, subcategories of sure. that. So it's not as, like, straightforward and, like... Here is the exact clicks. I don't know if it oh, was yeah, ever like sure. that or not. Could I don't have been. think it was ever like that because, you know. I don't think so either. It can't be. Like, no one is a one-dimensional stereotype. Like, exactly. if anyone yeah. is a one-dimensional stereotype, that's, like, something that they're going to grow out of hopefully eventually. Like, that's just yeah. a one-person thing. Like, that's not a, you know, no, like, no one actually, even if they present themselves to be a very one-dimensional person, that's a person. You know, they have a life. They have things in their life that have affected them in a plethora of ways that no one can see besides themselves. So, you know, no yeah. one is ever going to be a one-dimensional stereotype. And I feel like John Hughes knows that. Like, I really don't think mm. that this filmmaker thought that people were like this, you know? I just think that that's just the easiest way of going about... Absolutely. Sen- like, if you want to concentrate on one thing, do that. Mm-hmm. If this movie was made today, it would not be like this. It would be very no. different. Like, you know, people would have different cliques. Bran and Alice would probably already be, like, established friends. Actually, um, when I so I was listening to the podcast, The Rewatchables, and I, I loved up. their podcast. <laughs> they were talking about this movie and the episode that I was listening to today to prepare for ours. <laughs> and they said how if this was redone today, it wouldn't be the the typical character stereotype. Instead, it would be probably more like ethnic stereotypes, and not oh, necessarily yeah. stereotypes, but more of in like the group. The mm-hmm. different group that would be together, the diverse group would be on the diverse ethnically Dark side of it. Yeah, I could see um, that happening. And be like not a, not understand each other through that, uh, that particular backstory, yeah. which I think it would is a really interesting take on that. And I really I really like that they said that because I think yeah when when they when they come together today. If they were, if this were, if John Hughes did this today, it definitely wouldn't be the, the the stereotypes because it really doesn't happen anymore. But like I said, we like we agreed, you know, it, it does, it does do what it does well for what it's made for. I feel like, yeah, that's, yes. that's it. It's a better way to say it than it does do what it does well. It does what it does what it do well for what it do. Do do. Well, can we make that the cover of the Instagram post? <laughs> it does do what it does well. <laughs> yes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Finally, Katie. Yeah. Segue same. into a very important thing about this, I think. Yes. And it is, what are the hit and misses in this in this film? What what aged well, what didn't, what works for you now, and what you look at now and you're like, ooh, that's going to be a no for me, Mr. Hughes. This is just on the top of my mind. I think it's just because I have to get it out. You know what you're going to say. I don't like that. Oh, yeah, you already know. <laughs> I don't like the romantic ending to it i think it's weird i mm-hmm. think it doesn't like it yes i i i can i i bet i can already guess what you're gonna say at least for part of it <laughs> i don't like that they made the i they coupled them up at the end i thought that was 
very unnecessary because John, what John Hughes did in this movie, he does nothing while simultaneously doing a lot. And mm-hmm. so I think this was the part that definitely goes into the a lot category and could have <laughs> could have not been done. He did enough throughout it. He did, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought it was it was unwanted to me. It was unnecessary. <laughs> it also doesn't make sense. Like I, I, there's there was a different way to go about it. Instead of coupling them up at the end, if if it was about the boundaries being broken, I think. There could have been a more like friendly way to yeah. do that that included all of them instead of dividing them up more to cross that barrier. You know, <laughs> I hate it. I hate that ending. That's the word. If they cut that out of it, complete. And also changing nope. Claire. Claire, they totally they they took the stereotypes. The whole movie understood each other for who think, they were, and then they then they totally changed Claire. You mean Claire? Wait. Do you mean Alice? I, yes, Alice. I do. Alice. Oh my god, I hate myself. Claire changed Alice in the end. I do agree with that. I always, I always dislike that scene. I just, they made her look like Claire, and I was like, yeah. that is that literally just says everything. Like that goes against everything that we just talked about. Yeah. And so part of me is like, it. First of all, it appealed. I think to that '80s genre storyline. I really think at the time that's probably what they wanted. The audience wanted, expected, yeah, like, in the sense the of her, that her, character, as sense of Alice. Take care of her face, but, take her glasses off, and oh my god, yeah. she's a girl. Uh-huh, and I think that really did have a lot to do with, like, the time aspect of this film. But looking back on it, that is absolutely not John Hughes. Getting, coupling them up and changing Alice. <laughs> like, please don't do that to me. That, you, you literally, like, you, you, you totally flipped the entire hour and a half that I was just watching. Totally flipped it on yeah. me. I definitely agree with the Alice thing. It always, like, I, I do remember the first time I saw this movie, I didn't understand it. I was like, okay, but she was already, like, she liked herself. She literally says that, you know. She was comfortable she, with herself. She yeah. was an artist. She, she, li- she was literally weird. Went, she liked it. She's like, I like the black shit under my eyes. Like, she's, she's in, yeah. she enjoys it. Like, I know that that's Claire's way of being, like, I'm extending an olive branch. But, like, it still shows how conceited Claire is. Like, that's why I, I don't like Claire as a character. Because she no, doesn't she, she's grow. So <laughs> she's so like, flat. Other than dating Bender, which, again, I don't think it's for the right reasons. Like, they did not I get along. So... They hated each other. And at the mm. end, he's like, you said your parents love using you to get at each other. Don't you think that I'd be good for that? And it's like, I understand that you're being, like, cheeky and cute about it. And you're trying to be like, I'm dangerous. You should date me because I'm dangerous. Mm. Bad but it's boy, like bad boy. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm a bad boy, I'm appealing. But like the thing is, I really think that in a way, in her mind, Claire is like, ah yeah, shaking it up with the bad boy. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, but you he's he was being really mean to you, Claire. I feel like yeah. you need to understand your worth as a person. No, she really and backtrack. Doesn't. That also that also annoys the shit out of me throughout the whole thing. Claire's yeah. like and then her fixing up Alice, oh, yeah. it's like she still thinks that people want to be like her and that people admire yeah. her. And it's like, you're so conceited, Claire. That's not it. I know she <laughs> means so it's a nice thing. But it de- like to me, it just doesn't come off as a nice thing. Especially because, like... No, it's not. Andy I, I never liked thought Alice. Did. Andy was already kind of liking Alice. Mm-hmm. No makeup. Like, no makeover needed. And then and she frankly, gets the makeover and he's like, I, I can't talk pretty damn. girl in front of me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I also never thought that whenever he was kind to her, to Alice, 
Mm-hmm. I never saw it romantically, and maybe it was just because there was so much tension throughout the film <laughs> that when he was like extending an olive branch slash when he was just being nice, that it truly was just being friendly, being kind, not that like romantic like undertone. I didn't. I never liked the mix of that because to me, like that's that that's not something that should be forced in on this there's already enough happening there's already enough barriers <laughs> being broken we don't need to go like full bash your head against it with the romance i don't i didn't yeah didn't no, like no. it like i understand some of the romans i understand the idea of you know you look up teenagers in a room someone's bound to try and like start up something um <laughs> why not brian why does brian get the short end of the stick that's a, that's the thing i disagree with brian's that, the best character but here's the thing <laughs> I always felt like Brian and Andy form a very strong friendship in this movie, and I noticed Dude, it this I think time it around. Ended I was like, with them yo. <laughs> I really do. Instead of everyone kissing at the end, it should have ended with Brian and Andy fist bumping like bros at the end. I would never give away the scene where Brian kisses his paper and he pats himself and he like punches his own arm. True. Yeah, he's. Like, I, I just love how he goes. <laughs> you know, you did yeah. it. You, you wrote the paper for everybody because Claire asked you to. <laughs> Yeah, and you did it's it. So cute, you son of a bitch. But yeah. Uh, also, you know what's really good in this what? movie? Just like Alice's whole take on just like being a sexual person. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing: we, Katie and I were talking about this. The film does have its shortcomings when it comes to dealing with sex, not sexuality person, not not sexuality. Actually, no, it's the wrong word. Just like being a sexual person and like having sexual activity in your life to sexuality in general yeah like, but like the thing is like they're like it, they're right? all like they're all as far as the movie goes to say they're all of the same sexuality so like it's not really about sexuality it's more like oh, your sexual yeah. activity um well, yeah so when like the movie does have a lot of like kind of shaming for not doing stuff or for doing stuff or kind of pressuring people into being like tell like you know when they pressure claire like tell us tell us are you a virgin or not and she's like fuck fine i'm a virgin like, you know, there's those little things that I think now have not aged well, and you look at them and you're like, God, stop pressuring this 16-year-old about whether she mm-hmm. had sex or not. Shit, she doesn't want to tell you. Respect it. Yeah. But then Alice comes in with these lines, like, when she's fighting with, not fighting, but having a tiff with Claire, and she goes, <laughs> I don't screw for res- to earn respect. Because Claire's giving her shit because uh, Alice is pretending that she's, slept with a bunch of people yeah you know like just you know random hookups that she didn't really like care about like she just wanted to have sex with people and claire's like don't you like want to be respected like don't you feel like people will respect you and alice is like i don't screw to her in respect and i was like shit that was in the 80s because mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel like that's such a line of you know being like my you know the number of people i've been with sexually and my sexual like activity doesn't define you know, the respect that other people give me, that's just a decision I made with my body. It has nothing to do with whether someone respects me or not. Right. I don't judge myself by that. With your identity. Exactly. And, She's know, like, I don't judge yeah. myself by that. So like, no, I don't feel like I haven't earned someone's respect just because I've screwed some people. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's relevant to my yeah. respect. <laughs> and then that one and what's the other one? It's kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Well, if you say you haven't, you're a prude. If you say you have, you're a slut. It's a trap. Oh, that's one of the best that's, lines. That's a. That's that I don't like saying so this, well. but that is woke. <laughs> it really is woke, and that's I think that's I'm not gonna get into it, but that that line isn't it kind of funny how it was said back in the '80s, and yet it's still too Relevant, true yeah. now. <laughs> like it's still 
relevant now. That's yeah. still how it is. I think those are. I mean, it's never not going ones. to be, but because that's just the way people view it. But uh, it's it's uh. Damn, Alice is the best character. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> she really just comes in with these amazing lines. She's so good. They really gave John gave her all of the the hot takes. Yeah, all the good lines, all of the wisdom is passed on to the quietest character, and I think that is <laughs> that's the best way he could have gone about it. Do you have any other last comments, concerns? I think I'm good. If anything, just the fact that I feel like we didn't really talk about some things that also didn't age well, like. They use a few insults here and there that, like, are not acceptable anymore and should yeah. should have never been acceptable. And mm-hmm. when they said it, I was like, oh, they said the F word. And I, nope, we don't say that anymore as an insult or as anything, Johnny. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we're not doing that. Some respect of, like, educators and custodial workers, because definitely I feel like we respect them a lot more. And, I, like, people are more conscious of, like, hey... These are people, not just stereotypes yep. that you can make fun of because, you know, there are other people in your life that are not your age. True, um, true, true, true. And yeah, I think that's it. I didn't really get to talk about that because I forgot to talk about it. <laughs> but I feel like the movie, you know, if it was made today, those aspects would be very different. Like, you know, what insults they would use against each other and how they would treat Vernon and um, Carl. I agree. That's about it. How about you, Katie? Anything else? No, I think you summed it up well. I think we, I think personally we hit it, hit it all. Hit we it. really did. We nailed that shit on the head. I'm proud of us. Oh, Overall, well, this is a, then you know what it a, means. You know what that means, Katie? Yo, what's that mean, Malu? It means that. Cue the music, Gabe. It's game time. Game time. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know what's the losing questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, 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 Katie, yeah. the game for today that I've devised, you know, in honor. Devised. <laughs> I plan to destroy you yeah. with. Yeah. I'm such a nerd. Nice. <laughs> in honor of the Breakfast Club and the, the fact that these kids met each other because they were in detention, I'm gonna <laughs> do a little quiz on you about the Good. weirdest ways some people have gotten detention at their school. Oh, so I will give you an so occasion. Good. <laughs> I will tell you that how did this person get into detention. I'll give you three options for different reasons this person could have gotten into detention. And you will mm-hmm. tell me which was the correct reason why they were sent to detention. Yes, ma'am. So I'm so ready. Let's go. Let's do this. If you're so ready, let's do this. Just jump right in. All right, let's freaking go. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm, gonna I'm gonna do better. Here I'm we gonna go. win. I'm gonna <laughs> go all in. Okay. Question number one. <laughs> a girl at a Christian school got detention in the seventh grade because a she wasn't wearing a cross around her neck. B she moved her hair from one side to the other after looking at another girl who had adjusted her hair. Or three, she finished reading before her classmates. Oh, well, those are weird. Hello? Now pick one. (laughs) Big jinkies. Wait, the second one is... Uh, She moved her hair, like, from one side to the other. Like, she combed Uh her hair from one side to the other because she saw another girl adjusting her hair. Hair, hair. Her, her hair. Her, her. That's very specific, so I'm gonna go with that one. <gasps> Katie, you started off so well. That is the Hell correct yeah. one. Oh um, yeah. The reason for um, her going to the tension was the fact that she did this out of the sin of vanity. Mm. Uh, I did a little quote unquote on that. <laughs> Poor girl got sent to detention because she was apparently vain because she wanted to adjust her hair. Fuck that. Oh my god. <laughs> People are insane. And if someone That's told me I opinion. couldn't adjust my hair, That's I would insane. just crumble. I'm 
constantly touching my hair. Not like nervously. Like I'm doing exactly what she did. I'm like flipping it because then I'm like, wait, that's not comfortable. And I flip it to the other side. Damn. Poor kid. Poor kid. But you got it right. Let's see. Let's see if this mojo of yours carries on to the next question. So this music fanatic got a detention for A. Drawing Justin Bieber in her notebook singing That Should Be Me and hitting a non-believer. For those of you who don't know, class, non-believers were the people who were not or are not Justin Bieber fans. Hitting a non-believer, that is the funniest. That yeah, would be I know, right? <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the opposite of me. I, I wanted to hit anyone who liked him. I despise him. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Alright, sorry. Option anyway. <laughs> B. Constantly singing Smash Mouth's All-Star and insisting on answering class questions with Somebody once told me. The world was fun. No, but exclusively the song. I love Shrek. Shrek 2 is the bomb. It is. (laughs) Or option number number C. That's good. Option C. C. Thanks. (laughs) Keeping a life-sized cardboard of One Direction in the bathroom for an undisclosed amount of time. (laughs) What? Life-size cardboard of One Direction. Like a cardboard cutout of them. You know, those like they yeah. sold at their concerts and shit. Uh-huh. You mean in the sense that they just brought it into the bathroom? Yeah, like it was in the bathroom and it just it just stayed there for like a <laughs> while and no one knew for how long. They just kept it there. Well, these are all very <laughs> specific. Uh Okay, cool. You don't sing the music, I sing the music, you answer. Well, I want to, um, this, I'm in between the second and third one. I think the second one's really funny because that's so good. Like, could you imagine (laughs) raising your hand for a question and being like, well, somebody once told me. Uh, I'm gonna go with that one in hopes that it actually did happen. I'm I'm guessing it's happened at some point in history because we all love that song. But no, the correct Let's answer see. is it A. No, nope, it's oh, A. Drawing Justin Bieber in her notebook, singing "That Should Be Me" constantly, and hitting an quote unquote non-believer. You know, I believe that. I, I me too. I the Justin Bieber him. fanatic. Dude, thing exactly, was that is exactly what I was just going to say. I they never were. met a Justin Bieber like fangirl at like twelve years old that wasn't like aggressive in- about it, fucking insane yep. about it. They were all <laughs> out of their minds. They were out of their minds. I hated them. All right. So were anyway. One Direction. So so could One Direction fans be like? I personally like. I'm a One Direction fan at the moment. Uh-huh. I love them. You all were pretty low key about it. Like you just kept to your little fan club. You didn't like yeah. shove it in my face about it. You know? Yeah, exactly. But they could be I, like very resourceful and like getting to see these guys. Like that's what's scary about the One Direction fandom is like <laughs> the lengths that they would go to to like meet them or like see them or just scary. be aware of what they were doing. But they were lovely about it. They were all like, we really appreciate our fans. And you know what? If you want to call them crazy, we call it dedicated. Well, okay. Because <laughs> they're that's, lovely boys. That's one thing. But I remember seeing a video of, okay, wait, I can't remember what it was, but Justin Bieber on stage, a fan either jumped on stage no. to go to grab him or they tried Jeez. to pull him off the stage. I don't remember which one it was. But either way, I think it was, I think someone ran onto the stage and not attacked him, but basically attacked him. And the bodyguard had to run out and rip, rip her off of him. It's very scary. Someone once got yeah, in the so, trunk of the Jonas Brothers' car and they only noticed when they got to their destination and they opened the trunk and there was a girl there and they were like, what? 
What? Yeah, yeah oh, they told the no. story in like a like a, a, a Tonight Show type of deal. And what do you think she was thinking in the trunk? Do you think she was thinking, wow, I made it, or wow, this was a bad decision? Oh, definitely, wow, I made it. That, that girl had nothing to doubt. She was ready. She had. She had. She made her choice that day. <laughs> she made her bed. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's in the back of the one? car? Okay. <laughs> and the last one. Let's see if Katie can redeem herself in this one. In Jones. honor of a popular book series, this girl got detention for a poking her friends in class while saying, "I can touch you now." In a Voldemort voice. <laughs> that's, so, that's such a funny harassment. <laughs> B. Shouting, I volunteer tribute when asked to solve a math problem. That's cute. Or C. You totally wrote that. <laughs> I hate you. Or C. <laughs> opening the windows to let in the sunlight without permission, mind you, and shouting, let's see who sparkles up in this bitch. <laughs> What's that supposed to be from? It's Twilight. Oh, because they say they shine, they sparkle the sunlight. <laughs> That's really funny. All right. Well, first of all, you definitely wrote the second one, and even if I were wrong, you totally exposed yourself by telling me you hate me. <laughs> so that's off the list. And then also, let's see who sparkles up in this bitch. I do. I absolutely not. You also totally wrote that, so I'm going with the first one. <laughs> I gotta say, you got good detection powers, because yes, I did write the third one, <laughs> but you failed miserably, because no, I didn't no. write the second one. That's real. Of course it's That's real. real. People were crazy about saying, I, I volunteer as tribute when the I Hunger Games came all out. I said time, but mostly Everybody under my breath. loved it. Is that the one that they got in trouble for? Yeah. Yeah, that girl oh, got detention, and the Why detention slip, it's a... Because it disrupted the class, apparently. <laughs> But they asked. They were asked to solve the math problem. So yeah, but like, I'm Who guessing. Wants to so I'm if guessing some, the, if a kid, teacher, the kid went. I volunteer as tribute, and everybody went a, like, "What?" That's literally me. I do that all children. the time. I'm. This is my story. You found it. <laughs> <laughs> that's wrong. They shouldn't have been sent. They, they're just being. They're just using some good comebacks. That's all that is. <laughs> so I'm Katie, kidding. you got a yeah. one out of three. You're getting Great. better. Look at you oh go. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> I really thought I had that in the bag. a slide <laughs> victory song for Katie. <laughs> Yay! That's it. I hope you all did better, better. once again. <laughs> I'm, I am gotta kill this streak of mine. I'm pretty sick of this. I don't know what episode we're on right now. Episode but it's six. too. There's too many. <laughs> I'm losing weight too often. Okay, and now that we're done with Katie losing, let's go to Katie embarrassing herself in a different language. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, no, you amazing class. You know, when it's, the hell are we going to do this for you? When are we going to embarrass you and ridicule you? In what, English? Oh, yeah, right. I don't speak that one. Okay, not necessarily I'm staring at Katie but intently. I definitely need to destroy you in a game or something. I don't know. I'm just sick of it. There's, sure, you this come is, up with the game next dose. time. <laughs> you come up with the game for the next episode for now. Yes. We're moving on to Culture Corner. Culture Corner! Yay! Cue the music game. Class, today for the culture corner, we are doing a line that we've already mentioned in today's episode. Andy, or Andrew, if you if you're not close <laughs> with the guy, says, Why do you need a fake ID? And Brian says, To vote. I have so, a feeling I won't embarrass myself this time. You wanna? 
I won't. Oh, okay. I have a feeling I will not embarrass myself, son. I'm going to guess that you want to do Brian's line. Probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But give it, give, give me both of them. Let me see. Of course, I'll Let give you see. both of them for class. So, Andy says, why do you need a fake ID? And that in Spanish is translated to, ¿Tú por qué necesitas un fake ID? Let's leave it a fake ID. Identificación falsa. I like that you really like quit. I saw. I watched you, <laughs> you say saw that me, line, and you I saw, saw your quit. face. Your face hit the fake ID part, and your eyes are just like. It's no, just. Fuck it's just that. like okay. <laughs> in Panama, we do a lot of Spanglish, so when we say fake ID, we say just fake ID. Fake ID. That's cute. Yeah. So I'm just gonna that's leave nice. it at that because I don't want to say <laughs> identificación falsa. Yeah, no, it's unnecessary. And, and then what's to vote? And then Brian says, para. Really? That's it? It's one no, word? No, no, no. Of course oh. not. Para. No, what's the whole line first? Votar. Put them together. Para votar. Okay. Now, speak it to me slowly. <laughs> speak it to me slowly. Uh-huh. Para. 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 Soft R. With a D. R. Fuck. What? Pa. I'm going to turn you up in my ears. Para. Pa. Para. 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 Close enough. I can't roll my arm. That's the problem. I mean, you don't roll this one. It's just a soft one. Para. 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 Votar. What is it? It's like vote, but it's votar. Instead of an E at the end, it's an A-R. Votar. These R's are really getting to me. They sound like everything but an R. Votar. Votar. (laughs) Votar. What? What is... Votar, Katie. Not no, botada. why does it sound like a, it sounds like a D? It I don't know. Like I didn't make up the language. Don't take it up with me. Take it up with, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, okay. Votara. You keep adding an A at the end. There's it sounds no like a- there's an A at the end. No. Votara. <laughs> Votara. She's, she's holding them like literally in front of, <laughs> in front of her mouth now. Listen, listen, say it with me. Bo. Votara. Tal. See, it's the role. It's the role that I can't do. That's the role. <laughs> here, I, here I thought I was what's picking an easy one. What's the first one? Maybe para, I do the first one. Para. Votar. Votar. No, all right. I have an A in the end. I throw an A in the No, what's the first line? Can I say the first line? No, you can't. Okay. It's way longer. I'm not going to do that. No. <laughs> not tonight, Katie. Not tonight. All right. Para. Para. Votar. Votar. There you go. All right. Nailed it. So. (laughs) Scene. Scene. (laughs) Action. ¿Tú para qué necesitas un fake ID? Para votar. Katie did it. My God. Yo, my God. It wasn't good, but I did it. (laughs) I like that. It wasn't good. But I did it. But it's complete. That's <laughs> how I handed in all my homework in college, too. Nice. Thanks. So, <laughs> you've reached the end of class. Beautiful, Ooh. lovely people. We only went a little bit over time. <laughs> it was only a little bit over time. This yeah. is a normal class period. Sure. It's an hour 15. Okay. It's perfect. Well, perfect. We hope you guys enjoyed this class. You, you hope you guys are enjoying this new syllabus. Talking about, you know, do teenagers really talk like that? Do teenagers really talk like that? I think so. I think sometimes. So. <laughs> I think the answer is sometimes. When they're angry enough. If prompted. Yes. 
Where can they find us, Malu? They can find us in our social media on Instagram, at Film School Professionals. Go look for us, comment, like our pictures, you know, follow us. We'll maybe follow right. you back, who knows. Also, please um, listen to us. If you do not listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Podcast. Podcast. if you don't listen to us on Apple Podcasts, if you don't listen to us on Apple Podcast app, please go check that out real quick. Leave us some reviews, like and subscribe to everywhere and yeah. anywhere that Tell you're so you heart desirous. But please leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Are we terrible? Probably. Do you love us? Hopefully. That's all I really need. Just validate me real quick. Validate mm-hmm. me for a minute. So and yes, please please do that. And, and tune yes, in next class. That's a matter. Where we'll be covering, Katie, what are we covering next class? Only the best goddamn movie in the last <laughs> 20 years. It's Lady Bird That's by Greta right. Gerwig, ladies and gentlemen. And oh. Greta Gerwig is peak. So be here, watch the film. Otherwise, Mouse. as I've said many, plenty of times, you'll get an F and the disappointment right. of one Miss Greta Gerwig. So watch it. Oh Just my watch God. it and come you to guys, class ready for next guys, week. If, if you haven't understood us yet by now, Greta Gerwig is literally me and Mallory's hero. It's our heart so and soul. This is, this is a big episode. It's our first <laughs> covering of Greta. I'm so excited. So you get excited too. Go follow us on social media. Leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else that you can. Mm-hmm. And um, you can follow me, Katie, on Instagram at Katie Kometz. Also, please check out my short film. It's linked in the description. It's called Same Time Tomorrow. And Malu? you can follow me on my Instagram at Malumirones. And you can also follow my art account, which is right there. It's called Malu's Doodles. You can follow it. Definitely do that. It's really freaking cool. I do doodles. She's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> You do the doodles. And that is it for today, class. Have a great time. Don't get detention. And if you do, let it be for a very iconic reason that we can make fun of in the podcast. Yes, and definitely hit in, hit up some uh, some like good eighties music for a montage with, <laughs> with your fellow detentionites. <laughs> yeah, now if there's not a dance sequence, it's not detention. Yeah, that's right. Goodbye now. The Bye. breakfast signed the Breakfast Club. Incredible. One of the worst performances of my career, and they never doubted it for a second. Oh, this has taken a weird turn, but yep. thank you for the Spanish. <laughs> I'm sorry you guys had to listen to more than 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Top Gallant Radio, brought to you by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabe Mara.